It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. Welcome back to Merry Britsmas with me, Adam, your British Christmas-obsessed host. Since Christmas, when you last heard my voice, a lot of things have happened in the world. I hope that all of you are safe and well. As a Christmas obsessive, I think that the holiday of hope is something that all of us can look to, whether it's playing a bit of festive music, watching a cheesy movie, for some inspiration, for some happiness in these months of lockdown and protest, and that desire to make the world a better and a safer place. But on to Christmas, because we are halfway to the end of the year, which means it is Christmas in July. Today I will talk about a non-Christmas Christmas song, a cosmic Christmas adventure, and I'll deliver a history lesson as we go back to celebrate a Tudor Christmas. So let's start with some history. The Tudor period was between 1485 and 1603. Uh, It included the reigns of Henry VII, Henry VIII, Edward VI, Mary I, and Elizabeth I. It was an incredibly prosperous time for Britain, as the leaders boosted the economy of the country and the standing on the world stage. Christmas as a celebration had been growing in England and Europe since the Middle Ages. By the time of the Tudor era, celebrations were widespread. Tudors would gasp at our modern gluttonous feasting around Christmas, as they used to fast for 40 days before Christmas, a precursor to the modern advent. They'd avoid meat, cheese and eggs. This was supposed to prepare them for the coming of Christ. After the fast, though, then came the 12 days of Christmas, with the three bigger celebrations on Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and Twelfth Night, January the 6th, which was when the three Magi were meant to see the baby Jesus. For this time, work would stop, and celebrations would include things like wassailing, which I will cover in a future episode, caroling, eating, and even telling ghost stories. Gifts were given, most often on New Year's Eve, and they were usually food or drink, and perhaps small items such as gloves or decorative pins. It was a tradition amongst the wealthy and important to give a gift to the monarch, and these were often extravagant or odd things, including embroidered shirts for Henry VII, a jewelled whip for Elizabeth I, And also for Elizabeth, Robert Dudley gave her silk stockings and one of the world's earliest wristwatches, as told by the brilliant Horrible Histories. Terrible Tudors. 
Our Tudor Queen Elizabeth I was a very difficult woman to impress. Happy Christmas, Your Majesty. A ring. Why, thank you, Cecil. Have this put with all the other presents I don't like and never use. Yes, Your Majesty. Lord Robert Dudley! Lord Dudley? May your Yuletide merriment know no bounds, Your Majesty. Oh, a present. <laughs> Whatever could it be? What does one get the Queen who has everything? Why, something that nobody has. How did this tiny clock get stuck in this bangle? Tis a wrist clock, Your Majesty, the first of its kind. Ah, with your permission. <laughs> <laughs> now, when there is no clock around, you can tell the time with a simple look uh, to your wrist. Oh, why? This is far and away my favourite present ever. Isn't it marvellous, Cecil? Yes, Your Majesty. Let us drink to this new invention. Henry VIII banned all sport on Christmas Day, except for archery for military training. He wanted to focus on the holiness of the day. Edward VI passed a law in 1551 that everyone had to walk to church, and apparently this is still officially a law in England, though I don't think anyone driving would be in trouble nowadays. Mince pies were popular, but very different to what we know nowadays, with mutton often used alongside the spices. Other popular dishes for Christmas were goose, peacock and wild boar, as well as souse, which was pickled pig feet and ears. Also, they'd eat a Christmas pie, which consisted of a pigeon inside a partridge, inside a chicken, inside a goose, inside a turkey, which was then put into a pastry case called a coffin and served surrounded by hair and other game birds. So really, a Tudor Christmas wasn't all that different from our own. Gift giving, singing carols, lots of food and drink, silly behaviour, and a frivolity that allowed everybody to escape their normal daily working lives. I might skip on the souse nowadays though. There are some songs that appear on Christmas radio and playlists, but don't actually seem to have any real festive connection lyrically or in the music. This is usually because they are songs that were high in the charts, often reaching that highly prized UK Christmas number one in December. So today I'm going to focus on one odd song that hit the top of the UK charts but didn't win the Christmas number one back in 1984 and has become a Christmas classic, especially in the UK. The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I'll protect you from the hooded claw. Keep the vampires from your door. like fire I'm so in love with you Dreams are like angels They keep bad at bay Bad at bay Frankie Goes to Hollywood were a band from Liverpool who defied genre releasing songs that flirted with synths, rock, dance and new wave Their debut hit single Relax 
was a controversial sensation. banned from radio due to the sexually suggestive lyrics and video, but still made it to number one. Their debut album, the following year, 1984, was called Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. It was a huge success, and their next two singles, Two Tribes and The Power of Love, both went to number one, making them only the second act in UK chart history to have their first three singles hit number one. They won Brit Awards, Grammys, and an Ivor Novello Award for songwriting. However, after their second less successful album, the band broke up due to musical differences and tensions. Back to December 1984 though. The Power of Love hit number one in the first week of December. Even though the song isn't about Christmas in any way, the band recorded a nativity-themed video and used Christian iconography on the single cover. I'll include a picture in the notes. The band also included two short spoken tracks on the single release called Holier Than Thou, with the band wishing fans a happy Christmas, with some insults thrown in, as well as a longer rambling message in thick Scouse accents about Christmas, with a short poem chucked in for good measure. I would like to give all you punters a lovely Christmas message, but I'm too bladdered to get it together, so I just, I suggest, see I told you I couldn't get it together, I suggest you do the same, cheers, happy Christmas. <laughs> Here's my Christmas message to all you Christmassy people, hope you get lots of toys and eat lots of Christmas puds and Christmas turkey. Why not? What do you want me to say? Oh, you joke on the tanner and the pudding! <laughs> Christmas is here once again. Stace, I'll try it again. <laughs> Christmas is here once again, so let's all have some fun. Don't forget, some pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and again. Christmas is here once again, so let's all have some fun. Don't forget, some pints tonight, and don't forget to come. To the lads' party, of course. Of course. Of course. The band didn't get the Christmas number one, though, because a little something called Band-Aid released Do They Know It's Christmas and smashed their way to the top. One odd fact I found whilst looking at the song was that there were three different, very successful singles, all called The Power of Love in 1984. There was this one, and a track by Huey Lewis, as featured in Back to the Future. Jennifer Rush.
The Power of Love has since become a popular Christmas track in the UK on festive radio stations, TV shows, adverts. So let's take a listen to a few covers. First up is a cover from the original singer, Holly Johnson, the frontman of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, recorded and released a solo version in 1999. Keep the vampires from your door. Singer-songwriter Gabriel Applin recorded a softer piano version in 2012, which was actually used for a John Lewis Christmas advert that year, pushing her to number one in the charts. I'm so in love with you. Dalton Harris, the winner of the 15th series of the talent show X Factor, released his version as the winning song from the series in 2018. It also featured previous contestant James Arthur on guest vocals. National classical vocal group Il Devo recorded a multi-language version in 2008. <laughs> Hoy como ayer siempre me vas a tener Solo importa tu amor, dámelo Aquí estoy 
fuerza mayor está en el amor, es interior. German rock band Oomph added some grit to a version in And finally, and most unusually, numerous European symphonic metal bands, including Nightwish, Epica, and Within Temptation, joined together to record a version for Red Cross Charities in 2014. Tunes recently did an episode all about the singer of Nightwish's Christmas album, which you should definitely check out. Finally this week, I'll play a very short audio clip, and for those in the know, they will immediately know which TV show I will be discussing. Doctor Who is a British cultural institution. It spread internationally, but it started all the way back in 1963. And the creators had the brilliant idea of a regenerating Time Lord as the main character, able to recast the Doctor with different actors every few seasons, keeping the show fresh and ongoing. It was off air for some time, however, after 1989 until 2005, when it was revived by Russell T. Davis with Christopher Eccleston in the lead role. There had been no real focused Christmas episodes in the original run, except for an odd comic pantomime-style interlude in the midst of the third season, which featured a strange fourth-wall-breaking Merry Christmas message from William Hartnell. We so rarely get a chance to celebrate, but this time, we must. Celebrate? Yes. It's Christmas. Don't you remember the police station? Christmas? So it was, yes. Here's a toast. A happy Christmas to all of us. (laughs) So to you, Doctor. (laughs) Incidentally, a happy Christmas to all of you at home. However, in 2006, with Eccleston stepping down after only one season of the new show, 
Davis started a regular tradition of a Christmas special episode of Doctor Who. And in the first one, aired on Christmas Day 2005, we had the focus on a newly regenerated 10th Doctor, played by Scottish actor David Tennant. Hello. Okay. Mm. New teeth. That's weird. So where was I? Oh, that's right. Barcelona. I remember watching this on Christmas Day. I was about 17 and I was really excited after loving the first series and eager to see what he could bring to the role. So the episode kicks off right where the last series left off with a new Doctor alongside companion Rose Tyler played by Billy Piper crash landing in London and collapsing in front of a surprise Jackie, Rose Tyler's mum and Mickey, Rose's boyfriend. Right in front of you. That's the doctor. What do you mean, that's the doctor? Doctor Who? He collapses, and whilst unconscious, an alien race called the Sycorax appear in the skies, demanding the Earth surrender, or they'll make a third of the Earth's population jump to their deaths from rooftops using blood Here control. Sally Jacobs. Blood group A positive. Who else walked out? Luke Parsons. Luke Parsons. A positive. Jeffrey Baxter. Baxter. A positive. That's it. They're all A positive. How many people in the world are A positive? No idea. But I bet it's one third. What's so special about that blood group? Nothing, but it's my fault. Guinevere won. It's got one of those plaques identifying the human race, uh, a message to the stars. I mean, you don't expect anything to come of it, but I put on maps and music and samples. There's wheat seeds and water and... and blood. A positive. The Sycorax have got a vial of A positive. And, well, I don't know how, but through that... They control the blood. The Doctor, alongside Rose and Mickey, after a series of short adventures, get into the TARDIS just before it's summoned by the Sycorax. A mix of TARDIS, magic science and spilt tea wakes up the Doctor, who confronts the aliens, revealing they had no way to make the humans kill themselves and challenging the leader to a duel. If so you far the past your planet, your planet has an offer as a champion, then your world, then your world will be, will be gutted. Fill your people Hold on, that's English. He's talking English. You're talking English. I would never dirty my tongue with your primitive fire. That's English. 
Can you learn English? Yeah, that's English. Definitely English. I speak only Shigaraki! your English. And it's being translated. Which means it's working. Which means... Did you miss me? I won't spoil the full ending, but I will say go and watch it. It's a thrilling sci-fi story that sums up what makes Doctor Who so fun. Absurd drama, a little bit of action, a healthy dose of humour, and some odd, tiny, wimey sci-fi nonsense that sounds true enough for you to fully invest in. In terms of festive fun, there are robo-form creatures who track the Doctor's regeneration energy and disguise themselves as Santas armed with brass instruments that become weapons. just gone. <laughs> what kind of rubbish were they? I mean, no offence, but they're not much cop if a sonic screwdriver's gonna scare them off. Pilot fish. What? They were just pilot fish. You woke me up too soon. I'm still regenerating. I'm bursting with energy. You see, the pilot fish could smell it a million miles away. So they eliminate the defense, that's you lot, and they carry me off. They could run their batteries off me for a couple of years! (laughs) As well as using technology to create a deadly spinning Christmas tree and exploding ornaments. Right, it's not safe, we've got to get out, where can we go? My mate Stan, he'll put us up. There's only two streets away. What about Mo, where's she living now? I don't know, Peak District. We'll go to Cousin Mo's then. Ah, it's Christmas Eve, we're not going anywhere. What are you babbling about? Where'd you get that tree? That's a new tree. Where'd you get it? I thought it was you. How can it be me? Well, you went shopping, there was a ring at the door, and there it was. No, that wasn't me. And who was it? Oh, you're kidding me. And without spoiling anything, the whole thing ends with a good old-fashioned family Christmas dinner. And a surprise snowfall. Sort of. The Christmas episode was praised highly by critics and fans, which created a legacy of Christmas specials for Doctor Who that continued for most of its run, only recently switching to New Year specials. And every year, I eagerly await a new one to see how good they'll be. There are many more, obviously, and I may very well cover some of these in the future. Let me know which one is your favourite on Twitter or Instagram. You can follow us at Merry Britsmas. Well, I reckon you're mad. Pair of you. It's like you go looking for trouble. Trouble's just the bits in between. It's all waiting out there, Jackie. And it's brand new to me. All those planets and creatures and horizons. I haven't seen them yet. Not with these eyes. And it is going to be... Fantastic. So, whilst it may be the height of summer, we are edging closer 
and closer towards winter. Summer solstice has passed, and that means the nights are going to get darker sooner. I will be working on some more episodes between now and winter, as well as running some exciting online World Cup of Christmas things for you guys to vote on via social media in the run-up to the best season of all. So, I hope you have a great Christmas in July. Follow us on our socials on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.